At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. A warmer brother of all, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Spears. And now part of the decent family of podcasts. Got a little bit of a shorter podcast today, but we've got a good one as we're going to be going guest-free. We'll have quite a few guests on within the next few days, getting set to do a preview of the Metro Atlantic Conference. If time allows, I'll probably wind up doing my Mountain West Conference preview this week. I'm looking at doing the Missouri Valley likely next week as well, so we've got a lot of conference previews on tap, but something that is always so interesting when it comes to being able to gauge college basketball and I feel like it is one of the most difficult things to do regardless of sport as well because I mean in college basketball it's tough to take a look at coaching it's tough to do so in football it's tough to be able to do so in baseball as well it's sort of one of those things in which you feel like you know a good coach when you see one and you feel like you know a poopy coach when you see one as well too but I'm going to talk about being able to evaluate coaching how much it should mean in terms of your handicapping and why when it comes to coaching you should be looking at a little bit more than just the X's and O's themselves as well. And you should be taking a look at how some of these guys have been maneuvering their rosters. And then in the final segment, we've been seeing a couple of news and notes over the last week or so in college basketball. So we're going to be diving into those. If you ever have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. My that five-star review, as I mentioned, it is interesting to be able to take a look at coaching because I mean, I feel like we always hear the same names brought up in terms of best coaches in all of college basketball, like your Chris Beards, for instance. I have been giving a lot of love to the man that is now in Missouri, Dennis Gates. You've been hearing a lot about Todd Golden over there at Florida. Obviously, when he was out there, Jay Wright was an absolute mastermind. I am always one that thinks that Dana Altman has been able to do a relatively solid job as well. Mark Few certainly winds up falling in this moniker as well. I know that there is a lot of people that they want to give a lot of love to insert your coach here. Mick Cronin has been able to do a good job at UCLA. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you're able to go down the line. I recognize I've left off a few coaches, and you can come at me with who you think is a very solid coach. I think that Scott Drew has turned the corner as a coach, and that's something to take a look at as well, because when it comes to coaching, it winds up going beyond the X's and the O's. Now, when it comes to individual game-to-game sort of looking at things against the spread, yeah, X's and O's, that winds up being big, but just being able to strategize and being able to get prepared, I think is something that always needs to be taken a look at as well, because like one of the gentlemen that is now no longer in the game, Roy Williams, he was one that he would really not make any sort of rash in-game decisions 
But at the same time, he did a very good job of being able to prepare his team, which wound up making him a relatively solid coach. If you needed him to sort of wind up making that in-game adjustment, well, you were completely doomed there, but he was able to do a solid job on the fly, being able to draw a place. Like John Beeline, I always thought was the absolute wizard and mastermind of college basketball. It is a shame that we don't have him on the sidelines right now because I absolutely loved being able to bet on that guy because every single time you wind up having him on the sidelines, there would always be open looks for guys in out-of-bounds plays for Michigan. Now, whether or not he could bring in the talent to be able to have those guys that wandering it or not, that was sometimes a little bit more hit or miss, and that all winds up going into it as well. Like Tom Izzo, one of the best coaches out there in all of college basketball. When you wind up seeing his team go up against Duke with Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, along with R.J. Barrett, all future lottery picks, go at it in the NCAA tournament. Tom Izzo very clearly coached the pants off of Mike Krzyzewski. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But with Tom Izzo, and credit to him, he's got a top 10 recruit coming in that we wound up seeing on Saturday for the class of 2023. Not for 2022, but for the class of 2023. And credit where credit is due there. But you also notice that he has not adapted to the transfer portal like some of these coaches has as well. Like, I take a look at the Big Ten right now. The team, I think, is utilizing the transfer portal the best. Illinois, they wind up doing a great job bringing in TJ Shannon from Texas Tech. They wind up doing a nice job as well of bringing in Matthew Meyer. And I actually do like Brad Underwood as a coach because what we've seen out of Brad Underwood ever since he wound up getting to Illinois is that he's willing to meld his style to the players that are on the roster. Like the early part of his tenure at Illinois, he was very much one that wanted to embrace what wanted making him successful at Stone Cold Steve at a Fossen, generating like 100 million million seals per game, playing that full court pressing style. But when he wanted getting Kofi Coburn a few seasons ago, he realized, ah, oh, maybe this might not be the best style because currently we've got a seven footer out there on the floor. Maybe I need to adjust things a little bit more. He did so, and he was able to be very, very successful with it. That is something that I look for in a good coach, a guy that is willing to be malleable, and that's part of why I like Bob Huggins over there at West Virginia as well. He's done a solid job in the transfer portal this offseason. You're going to be seeing Trey Mitchell from Texas coming in there. I think that that is going to be very good for the team, and the reason why I have faith that these pieces are going to be able to work out with West Virginia, you bring in a Joe Tucson as well, who I really liked didn't score a lot over there at Iowa, but a good glue guy at the guard spot. The reason why I think that it's going to be successful is you just take a look at West Virginia the last few seasons. They played completely different when they had Oscar Sheeway along Derek Culver down low as they did say last season where they were really embracing the three ball. They were playing a little bit more up-tempo. They realized that they were outgunned on the glass, but at the same time, they were able to do a good job out there in the backcourt. They led them to the 2021 NCAA tournament as well. So I like these coaches. They're willing to adapt. And these coaches that they utilize a portal well, they have been some of the most successful coaches in all of college basketball. When I take a look in terms of against the spread record, I don't think that that's necessarily the world's greatest indicator of a coach because sometimes it can be a little bit of shall we say, a Medusa where it's not necessarily what it appears because, like, for instance, you could wind up having, insert your Big Ten, your Big 12 team here, being a 33-point favorite against Incarnate Word. If they wind up knocking off Incarnate Word by 32 points, 
I don't think anyone's going to be out here saying, oh, that coach did such a bad job. They only beat Incarnate Word by 32 points. You wind up having Walkie McWalk on for Incarnate Word, wind up hitting a three at the buzzer. His parents are going absolutely crazy because they took a 35-point lead down to a 32-point lead. That's not bad coaching right there. That's just a matter of circumstance. So I don't think that against the spread record is necessarily the most fair way to be able to gauge these coaches. I actually do think that it's relatively solid as well because against the spread record does indicate how betters think that a game should go. Obviously, the books, they wind up setting out there their opening line. It winds up moving a little bit from there. Sometimes you get more public teams that they wind up getting seamed up a little bit more, but I do think that it's a fair way to be able to gauge these teams. But what I take a look at is the record against top 25 opponents, and there's one guy that really stands out and against the best of the competition always overachieves. That's a man that I mentioned a minute ago, Dana Oatman. 30-9 and nine against the spread is Oregon against ranked teams over the last seven seasons. That is by far the best mark in college basketball of any team that has been in this circumstance at the minimum 10 times. And you've got other teams that are like 4-0 against the spread because they just haven't faced a lot of ranked teams like Brown University, Bucknell, things like that. But ever since the 2014-15 season, Oregon, they have been having that record. Virginia under Tony Bennett has been another one of these teams that has been absolutely masterful. 35-19-1 against the spread since the beginning of the 2014-15 season against ranked opponents. This is where the stakes are the highest. Virginia has been in some big deal games. They wind up seemingly always coming up aces in these big games. You did wind up seeing the bad game against UMBC. Every single coach winds up having one of these. Now, you want to look for repeat offenders as well, like one thing that I wound up knocking Duke for a few seasons ago, and I do feel like Coach K actually wound up doing one of his best coaching jobs last season, but you wound up seeing it with Duke twice in the matter of a 10-year span. They wound up getting bounced out of the NCAA tournament very early with by far the better team. They were the three-seed against Mercer. Mercer winds up taking them out. They wind up losing to the 15-seed Lehigh. Now, Lehigh had a guy by the name of C.J. McCollum that was pretty darn good there, and... I mean, we have seen quite a few teams lose to a 15 seed here in recent years. Look at the teams that wound up losing to the St. Peter's Peacocks. And I do think that not all those upsets are created equal. Because you take a look at the way that Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. No doubt, a bad look for Kentucky. But at the very least, Kentucky wound up playing their game. Meanwhile, Purdue, I wound up knocking Matt Painter as a coach. Because Purdue had a very clear size advantage. St. Peter's was completely undersized. You've got seven foot four Zach Eady. And if you're Purdue, you have to decide... Are we going to go with our backcourt, or are we going to go down low to Zach Eady? That was one of those times to go to Zach Eady, and it felt like they did for a little bit, but then they completely lost their identity. You had no idea what Purdue was doing. That's what is so important about taking a look at coaching, and that was one of the most mismanaged situations I've seen in quite a while. Now, if you're looking at mismanaged situations, the early part of last year for Memphis is certainly one of them, and I mentioned it with Scott Drew. I felt like he turned the corner as a coach, and this is one of those things as well. Like, so many people, they want to paint this coach as something, and they never, ever wind up changing their opinion, and I think much like players, when they wind up coming up clutch in big situations, we have to do this with coaches as well. There are coaches that they wind up progressing throughout their career. Now, Penny Hardaway, he did a terrible job with Memphis at the beginning of the year. I think that even the biggest defender of Penny Hardaway, you have to admit, 
when it was late December, early January, and the team was losing to what turned out to be a relatively solid Murray State team. They wind up losing to East Carolina. Things were not going great there, and even if you're the biggest Penny Hardaway hater out there in the world, you have to admit the way that Memphis wound up bouncing back, the way that they looked in the NCAA tournament, Penny Hardaway did a solid job of being able to get the team up off the mat, and hey, Amani Bates, he was a little bit of an issue with the team, but now I feel like it's where the rubber winds up meeting the road, and what I think is a sign of a good coach is that Penny Hardaway, I feel like in the offseason, took a look in the mirror and he said, what has really been eluding this Memphis team? Not being able to have good guard play, turning the ball over left and right, and guess what he brings in? Kendrick Davis. Now, whether or not it's going to work out as swimmingly as we all think it's going to, that is to be determined. We're going to figure that out during the season, but knowing the problem and being able to address it, I think that that is just a very good sign right there. Now, we do take a look at some coaches that wind up going a little bit under the radar. I do take a look at, like I said, against the spread record, against ranked opponents since the beginning of the 2014-15 season, a team that ranks in the top five that have faced off against at least 10 ranked opponents in this time span, that'd be Georgia Tech. Now, I don't think that Georgia Tech should be on the same wavelength as Virginia, because in that time span, I mentioned it, Virginia 35-19-1 against the spread. Georgia Tech is actually 32-18. and 18. A little bit of that circumstance is that they wind up catching a couple too many points, but Josh Passer, I feel like winds up going a little bit under the radar now with Josh Passer as well. The reason why they find themselves as such big underdogs typically is because their recruiting over there at Georgia Tech has not been the world's greatest. They have not done the best job in terms of the transfer portal, but I do think that a little bit of credit where credit is due needs to be taken into account there, and I do think that taking a look at past track record, it's something that you want to be doing a little bit of in college basketball with college basketball. As we know, there's just so much turnover. So looking at things and being like, oh, Providence has wound up going like 5-2 against a spread in the last seven years of the Gavit games or anything like that. That's not something that is necessarily too indicative, especially if you wind up having a moving target. Like, for instance, you've got a coaching change over there at Mississippi State. Trying to utilize the fact that Florida has knocked off Mississippi State against the spread like four straight times. I don't know if that's a factor or not. I just wind up coming up with that off the top of my head. That would be completely irrelevant because now Todd Golden is coaching at Florida and now you wind up having a Mississippi State Chris Chance. So, I do think that there are some of those trends that are a little bit phony baloney. Like, see, no, 30-23-1 against the spread. Since the beginning of the 2014-15 season against ranked opponents, that's one of the better marks. Sheem always out there. You really can't wind up utilizing that. What you can utilize is the fact that Sheem Holloway, we all saw what he wound up doing at St. Peter's a few seasons ago, and we are really seeing that in terms of college basketball as well. Some of these fast risers in the ranks. Now, Chris Beard... I feel like maybe we might have anointed him a little bit too early if you take a look at him against top 40 Kempom teams ever since we were going to call it the back half of the 2019-20 season. It has not necessarily been too terrific. I believe that he's got a win percentage that's hovering right in the neighborhood about 35%. So that's something that you do want to take a look at. But we have been noticing that some of these guys like a TJ Otzelberger over there at Iowa State. I mean, we've got to give him some love for what he wanted doing last year. He took a team that wound up winning two games. And those two games were against swag opponents and won two games in the NCAA tournament. You just don't wind up seeing that in this day and age of the transfer portal. It is a little bit more attainable, but I do think that it is very important when it comes to taking a look at coaching to really use your eyes as well because there are some teams that maybe on paper they look like they're doing great things, but maybe indeed the coach is not necessarily being able to elevate that program. Like I take a look at Matt Painter, for example. I wound up bringing up the example at St. Peter's where if you use your eyes, you wind up seeing that Purdue 
just wound up completely mismanaging themselves towards back half of the season. It was a case in which they just never really found their true identity, and that is something that is always an issue. Like if you use your eyes last season, and I think that Chris Beard is a very good coach, but I think that he made a very, very bad choice of judgment in bringing in Marcus Carr because honestly, I had to downgrade the team for bringing in Marcus Carr, and rightfully so if you wound up seeing how he wound up playing last season. That's something that you've got to be doing as well. So I do think that is really interesting to take a look at coaching. Like, obviously, with Houston and what they've been able to do, it has been very rock solid. But sometimes with Houston, you do wind up wondering how real is this against some of the best of the best in terms of competition. And I do feel like they've been able to back that up. 16-11 and 11 against the spread, against ranked opponents under the current regime that we've got with Kelvin Sampson. And he's been able to do a great job time and time again. And hey, sometimes some of the best coaching jobs don't necessarily come with wins. Like I take a look at Gerald Gillian, what he was able to do at Chicago State, a Chicago State team that they wound up ending their season very prematurely during that 2020-21 season due to the COVID pandemic and Chicago State for many years was a punchline on this podcast. And it looks like Chicago State might actually wind up being an independent this season, but Gerald Gillian being able to get the team to knock off New Mexico State at home, being competitive against the spread, that's something that you've got to take a look at. And I mean, a lot of people are not going to look at someone like a Jason Crafton. He's currently the coach over at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore and think, oh, Jason Crafton did a really great job over there at UMEC because I mean, they were a team that they wound up hovering right around 500 last season. It's not like they wound up going out there completely lighting the world on fire at 11-16, and 16, but I mean, the fact that Jason Crafton was able to get that team to 11-16 and 16 was nothing short of masterful because his first year at Maryland Eastern Shore, he went 5-27 and 27 during the 2019-20 season. A Maryland Eastern Shore program, by the way, that if you take a look at their school history, it has not been great for this team as the 11 wins that they wound up getting were pretty much tied for the second most that they have gotten over the last 20 seasons. They wound up having an 18-win season during the 2014-15 season, 14 wins in 2016-17 as well. And, I mean, the fact that he was able to do that much, honestly, in my opinion, was one of the better coaching jobs that we wound up seeing as against the spread University of Maryland East or Shore. They were actually one of your better moneymakers throughout the entirety of the season. They wound up being able to cover right in the neighborhood about 60% of their games as well after they wound up completely opting out of the 2020-21 season due to the COVID pandemic, and they were in a conference in which a lot of teams did not wind up opting out. So I take a look at that. I think that that always needs to be taken note of as well. So there's a lot of things to take a look at in terms of coaching. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this little bit of a dissertation. And coming up here in the final segment, going to go over some of the news and notes that we've seen in college basketball over the last few days. Right here on Coast to Coast Soups with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome back to Love Las Vegas. With, Kessie, with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Decent Family Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that dissertation I wound up giving you in terms of being able to gauge coaching, why it's not necessarily one-size-fits-all when it comes to being able to gauge good-slash-bad coaches as well, and how there's just different ways of being able to take a look at it. So 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And like I said, if you've ever got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever for this podcast, fire it in at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter or leave an Apple Podcast review. Rate this podcast five stars. Let me know how you feel. But let's take a look at some of the news that we've seen in college basketball over the last few days. We wound up seeing a pair of guys go down to the non-D1 level. Luka Vesic, he actually wound up seeing a couple starts when he began his career at Charlotte, but wound up falling a little bit out of favor with regards to coaching staff, a career 30% three-point shooter as a six-foot-eight combo player averaging right around three points per contest. He has decided that he is going to be going to Texas A&M Commerce. This is very easy for you, Cap. All you need to know is that Mr. Vasich, he was at the D1 level. He's no longer at the D1 level. Cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate. You're able to move on from there. Trevor Moore was actually a relatively solid scorer over there at Morgan State. Began his career at Cincinnati as well. Was able to give Morgan State last year a little bit over 6.5 points per contest. Did wind up shooting just 29% from three-point range. He has decided that he is going to be going to Minnesota State Mankato. So that winds up putting them buying the eight ball as well. So that's going to be tough for a program in Morgan State that they do wind up running it back quite a bit for this upcoming season out there in MEAC that I think is relatively wide open. I did give Morgan State a very glowing review when I wound up doing my MEAC conference preview about a week ago while I was actually in Hawaii, but that said, certainly a case in which losing Trevor Moore, that winds hurting them a little bit. And then Yardara Evans, he was a starter for two years at St. Francis of Brooklyn, wound up completely sitting out last season and while he was at St. Francis of Brooklyn between the 2018-19 and the 2020-21 season, was a relatively solid rebounder, was able to give the team five boards per contest, not much of a score at right around three and a half points per game, but still someone that was able to do a good job of being able to put the ball in the basket. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal, try to latch on with the team for another season. So we shall see how that winds up going. You did wind up seeing someone wind up going over there to Eastern Washington as well. That'd be Deion Stroud. Wound up being able to average a little bit over five points per contest. Began his career at UTEP and really saw a fall off from the 2020-21 season. If he's able to get back to those numbers with Eastern Washington and Eastern Washington deemed that I had the, in the top half of my Big Sky preview when I wound up doing that a few weeks ago. That is going to be big as during that 2020-21 season, shot 35.5% from three, was able to give the team 12 points, 3.7 boards per game this last season, only right around five points per contest as his minutes went from about 23 per contest and he was primarily starting to right around 16 minutes per game. So that is going to be interesting to see how they wind up being able to fare there because if he's able to get back to that old form, look out out there in a big sky in which we don't see a lot of teams playing a whole lot of defense. So it should be very fun to see him try to be able to light it up. And then Jalen Sestina, he was over at Cal last season, six foot six, a little bit of a combo player, wound up seeing 16 starts for the program, was able to put up seven and a half points per contest. Three-point shooting wound up taking a little bit of a fall from his freshman year. Freshman year shot right around 41.5% from three-point range this last season. He wound up shooting 34% from distance. Well, bad news for Cal, and I mean, Cal has not gotten a lot of good news in recent seasons, but he is going to be lost due to an injury as he is suffering through knee surgery. He's going to miss the start of it. We shall see when he winds up returning, but it doesn't necessarily sound too promising for him, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue for them, so as a result, we're going to need other guys to be able to step up for Cal, and you really don't have much of a get backcourt when it comes to this team. Now, when it comes to Cal as well, Devin Askew, he winds up coming in from Texas and Kentucky. He should be able to give this team a little bit of a spark of life, but that said, he has never really been able to prove it at the college level. He was one of those guys that we've talked about that wanted to reclassifying, and as not necessarily went well from there, but it's been going well for Sacramento State this offseason, and they wind up adding another piece. 
Quadri Adams, he was at St. Bonaventure last season now. For the Bonnies, he did not wind up doing a whole heck of a lot last season, only wound up putting up two points per contest, but he's going to a Sacramento State team that all of a sudden it is very new look, and with Adams, he was someone that actually wound up beginning his career at Wake Forest and actually averaged fewer points per game while he was over with St. Bonaventure last season rather than when he was with Wake Forest, but I do take a look at the hiring of David Patrick over there with Sacramento State. I think that it's a very good one for this program, and in general, I do think that the arrow very much trending upward on this Sacramento State team. You bring in someone like Kakal McRae, who is seven foot one, he's going to be able to do an amazing job down low and a relatively solid passer for Sacramento State as well. They did a good job of being able to go to the northeast part of the country as well as they wind up bringing in a Hartford transfer by the name of Hunter Marks. That's able to give the team some stretchability and will give the team eleven and a half points per contest. So that is going to be big for them as well. And then you do wind up seeing Jazz Owens. He was playing at Syracuse. Is decided that he is going to be going down to the junior college level. He is going to be going down to Ranger College. Came in with a little bit of promise, but really a guy that could never wind up seeing the floor for the team. So you wish him absolutely nothing but the best. And we're going to be looking to do absolutely nothing but the best on this podcast to get you said for what I hope to be the most profitable season ever out there in college basketball. If you ever have a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have you for this podcast, like I mentioned earlier, you're able to fire that into the Twitter timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. Want to go and guess free today? We've got a lot of conference previews that are going to be coming up in future days. And I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast, giving you guys the news and notes of college basketball during the offseason, along with those conference previews and then picks and analysis on every single game, every single day, once we get back in season. So I will chat with you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.